Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. A few weeks back, I started the little bits about myself, and I'm going to continue in this episode today and share a bit about myself. Because while I started this show over 15 years ago, some of you may have just joined, or maybe you've jumped around. And so I'll share with you a little about me, and I invite you to share about you with me. You have three options. One, go leave an Apple podcast review. Two, go to Instagram and tag me and share this episode. Or three, send us an email at hello at com. Growing up, <laughs> I'm laughing right now, which is appropriate because today's podcast is about laughing with ourselves. Growing up, a key statement, or actually two statements that I truly disliked, I disdained, I would like cover my ears because I didn't want to hear it. I would start to turn adults' voices like Charlie Brown and Peanuts when the adults are talking, wah, 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 wah. So a couple of statements that I truly hid from because I wanted nothing to do with it was, shame on you, or you should be ashamed of yourself. I call that the double shame dose. Now, the irony is not lost on me. For those of you that are new, one of the areas that I work on is helping my clients identify shame as well as becoming shame resilient. And that's thanks to the research of Brittany Brown and her research group. So while I spent a life running away and never, ever, ever wanting to talk about shame, a big part of my work is identifying it. Here's the thing. What I've learned from Brene is compassion and empathy are the antidotes to shame. So when I was a kid growing up, I didn't have the skill sets. I didn't have the tools to learn how to deal with this uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable master emotion. But one of the things that I've learned over the years is how to dial up compassion and empathy, which are the antidotes to shame. Years ago, when I was talking with Brene about shame on my show, I didn't quite understand what she was talking about because here's the deal. I'd spent a lifetime blocking it out and I didn't have the emotional language nor the ability to identify the physical sensations of shame within me. And I share this with you because you may think, oh no, I should know this stuff. Our ability to understand emotions is very, very limited. We haven't developed and cultivated that system within us. And it's okay because the great news is this is learnable. So if this sounds familiar for you about not understanding the physical sensations of shame or not having the emotional language, that's okay. It's a learnable skill set. You can learn it and you can cultivate it and cultivate what we call shame resilience. Because one of the things the research shows is that it's not about becoming shame resistant where you never feel shame because that's not possible, but it's about having the resilience 
with shame. It's being able to feel shame, identify it, process it, move through it and release it. So what we will do is become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Another guest on my show is Todd Cashton, who's a positive psychologist from George Mason. And he talks about the upside of the dark side. You know, those negative emotions being the dark side and how they have information for you to obtain. And the thing I want to remind you is it doesn't mean that you're bad or you're broken if you're feeling shame. That's the message, right? I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. I need to do it perfectly. Am I a bad parent, right? Those are all a lot of the shame messages that go on in our head. The beauty is, is that when we look at the shame and we feel the feelings and we can question it, it can be an opportunity to send us on our quest to reconnect with ourselves, to unpack what are the stories in our head, to feel the sensation of shame and be able to process the emotion and to gather insight and to maybe even go and seek help, support from a friend, a coach, a therapist to help you unpack it so that you can move through it. So the good news is that shame resilience is something that you can learn to do. And coming from a girl like me who wanted nothing about that, who was very much about putting out an image (laughs) to armor myself up and try to be perfect and productive and trying to outrun shame is the problem is we can never outrun it. Wherever you go, there you are and there it is. So learning how to feel it and move through it and have compassion and empathy, that's the way through. And that brings me to today's podcast of laughing with ourselves. And this is so important because often I find most of us are really well practiced at laughing at ourselves, making ourselves the butt of the joke, making fun of ourselves at the cost to the essence of who we are, our insides, you know, being self-deprecating because we don't want to be too much. Here's the thing, being not enough and being too much are both rooted in shame. Being self-deprecating doesn't help you stay smaller from being too big for your bridges. It's a thousand cuts, right? Death by a thousand cuts. So essentially, when we're making fun of ourselves, we're judging ourselves. And oftentimes, why do we judge ourselves? Sometimes people judge themselves because they want to make sure they do it before others do. So that we let others know, see, you've got nothing on me, right? We don't want that emotional exposure and that uncertainty of, oh, you're going to think I'm too big for my bridges. So let me just put myself down before you do. I'm already ahead of you and I'm poking fun at me. But it's not fun. There's a part of us inside that really hurts when we really feel it. And some of us are really good at packing it down and packing down the pain and packing down the pain, then becoming a volcano or having rage or being really angry. And we're seeing a lot of that right now because people are exhausted. So we're seeing road rage at record rates. We're seeing, you know, poor behavior in workplaces. We're seeing people off ramp in jobs. We're seeing high levels of divorce. We're seeing all of this because of all the pushing down instead of processing our pain. So my invitation for you is let's stop laughing at ourselves. It's not funny. And while it may be dressed up with laughter on the outside, on the inside, 
it does hurt. And my invitation for you is to check in with yourself. Maybe not in that moment, because maybe this is your way of approval whoring is laughing at yourself to, you know, make peace with the people around. But notice the next day, or maybe at the end of the week, take an inventory. Was that really funny? Or was that at a cost to you? Check in. Listen. We're talking about cultivating self-trust and reconnecting with yourself. Tune in and listen. Notice how your body feels. Does it feel weaker? Do you feel stronger? Check in. So when we laugh with ourselves, it's different than laughing at ourselves, laughing with ourselves. And this happens when we own our story and we love ourselves. This is when we have shame resilience or are in a moment of shame resilience. Our emotions, they're often moving through, right? We can feel a lot of different emotions in a small amount of time. So this laughing with ourselves is really important. It's something that I look for as I'm doing this work with clients. I notice when they start having the ability to laugh with themselves. So here's the pattern that I often see is they show up, they're hiding away, denying that there's problems, they're running away, maybe they're blaming, gladiating. I'm really, I've been really good at that over my life. So they don't want to own their own stories, right? They may not even know what their stories are. And it's not because they're not intelligent or they're not hard workers, but it's because we don't want to feel the very painful and uncomfortable feels, especially of shame. Remember when I was a kid, I didn't want to feel that. I didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to play. I wanted to enjoy myself. I was trying to figure out, could I like myself, right? One day, maybe I could. That was what I was thinking when I was a teenager, but not then. So the pattern is to hide away, deny, run away, blame from our stories because we don't want to feel that painful, uncomfortable feeling. Then the next one is my clients start to connect with the emotions, even for a short bit. They may share their feelings or share their stories. And sometimes early on, it starts like this. I can't believe I'm telling you this, Corinne. (laughs) There's a bit of judgment like, "Uh uh-oh, am I really going to share with her what's really going on inside of this brain of mine? Or new clients will say, Corinne, please don't judge because they're not yet comfortable with speaking what's going on, the darkness in their brain. What they start to learn, though, is that when they speak it with somebody who's earned the right to hear their story, that's not going to judge them, it starts to loosen up and it starts to already set them free. Because when we share our stories, there's also a relief and a letting go. Now, I know you want to know when the laughing with ourselves happens. I'm going to go back to this pattern, right? The hiding away, denying, runaway, blame from our stories. We gladiate. Then there's the starting to share the stories. And it's like, uh uh-oh, it's testing the water. It's like dipping your foot in the water to see, is it okay to jump in? It feels a little cold still. And then at some point, there's the sharing with the stories and there's such a comfort and there's the sharing. And as they're speaking it, they start to laugh because there's just humor. They can see what's going on. They can see how the story and the darkness in their brain, when it's spoken, it's a little silly it's not going to be so bad. So when we share our stories with somebody, and this is really important, who's earned the right to hear our story 
and who also is going to show up with love and compassion, not judgment or compassion and empathy. That's the antidote to shame. There is this relief and a letting go of this, this intense feeling that's inside. It starts to come out. So here's an example. So a client of mine gave me a tip recently because I have all this anxiety. (laughs) This is an example of laughing with ourselves. I have all this anxiety about Brene's latest book, The Atlas Book, Atlas of the Heart. It's a beautiful book. It's like a coffee table book, right? That you would want out there on display. And when I go and I read it, I have all this anxiety because the book is so beautiful. The pictures are so beautiful. The paper is really slick. And my brain says, you're not allowed to write in this. You can't mess it up. You can't ruin it. You must keep it perfect. Perfection is the birthplace for shame. And it has that slick, glossy paper, which doesn't really hold ink very well. And so I've known this and I haven't written in it. And I'm very perplexed because if you know me, (laughs) and if you've seen my books, they have lots of post-it notes, highlighters. I write in them. I just really devour them. I try to keep a system of the certain color each time I go through and read it, but I usually misplace the, the, the highlighters and give myself permission just because I'm surrendering in that moment where I want to read and I don't know where that specific highlighter is and I let it go. But so this Atlas book, I've been laughing with myself because I've been noticing my own anxiety and what my brain and the cultural programming, what's allowed to do and what it's not. So one of my clients recently told me, she gave me a tip that she learned from her kids and it's about the zebra midliner highlighters. And so she told me about it. I was pretty exhausted. It was a day of coaching, a full day of coaching And after a couple of long days of work and I was on Amazon for something and I went to go and look it up and I kind of found them. And then there were so many choices. So I'm exhausted. My brain doesn't have much brain juice. And then I start to notice like, okay, should I get this one or this one? And part of me is like, get the most because that may be the best deal. How many of you guys have those? but do I really want a black highlighter? And how does that work? And there's all this mumble jumble. Then I'm like, fine, just get the small pack. I probably spent 20 minutes of time that I didn't really have energy for doing this. And I just abandoned it all. And I thought there's no way that I can do this tonight. And so I just walked away. I have plenty of highlighters. So then I was going to ask her, which one is it? Which one were you talking about? Because I wanted the right answer. Which one's the right answer of the zebra midliner highlighters? (laughs) Please tell me. And then I started to laugh with myself again. Corinne, look what's happening. Look at the brain juice you're using, the emotional stress over highlighters. Any of these choices will be fine. For you to buy this is not going to hurt your family. That's a big rule that I have about spending money. And you can test it out because oftentimes it's from the experience that is how you learn what you like and what you don't like versus when I'm thinking I have to do the right one because that's another way for me to do it perfectly, which is all shame. So I started laughing with myself about how much energy and time I was into and stress I was creating. Like I, I don't need any additional stress in my life, but a simple thing of buying something. So these small stories, again, it can be death by a thousand cuts, right? 
can increase the stress in our lives. Be aware of that. Laugh with yourself. So I had a few minutes before one of my groups and I ordered it. It'll be coming tomorrow. I'll be testing it out. And I didn't ask my client to tell me which one was the right one and send me the link. (laughs) So I'm laughing because there's all this anxiety over highlighters and over a book and it's all okay. Even one of my clients said, Corinne, you can buy a new book. I'm like, yes, I could. I could buy a new book. So those are just simple stories that aren't costly, but those stories before I did this work, they would have chipped away, chipped away, chipped away at my self-trust. I would have judged myself and said, you're ridiculous. I can't believe you do this. You're a drama llama, all of that stuff, right? And now I just noticed there's all this different programming in my brain. And the more that I can hold space for it, have compassion and empathy, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. And part of compassion is the common humanity. We have the shared humanity. So I share my story with you about what I notice, and you've earned the right to hear the story. And hopefully you're not judging. And if you are, that's okay, because I'm not judging for me. And that's the most important thing that I know to do is to not judge because that will then help me cringe back up. And then the other thing that becomes really important is that when I can laugh with myself, I can release those feelings, those uncomfortable feelings. But when I laugh at myself, what typically happens is I start to underfunction. I go into hiding. I, re- I pull away. I get disconnected, whether it's from myself or from those that I'm around. And that's something that's really important that I don't want to do. And life is challenging enough. We don't need to make it harder by poking fun at ourselves. And let's face it, it's really not fun to be the butt of a joke. So instead, my invitation is let's laugh with ourselves as we cultivate our own awareness and letting ourselves be awkward and silly and allowing ourselves to make mistakes and be resilient and fall down and get up and waste 20 minutes because we're trying to figure out which one is the right pens to get. Because when we can do that, we let go of that tension and that judgment and all that armor that comes with it. And we then are able to have a better understanding at all the contextual layers that we all live through. So my friend, laughing is powerful. Laughing is supposed to be fun. That's why we like comedy and humor. Laughter is an emotion moving through us. Do not make yourself the butt of laughter. The cost is too high to you. Instead, laugh with yourselves as you own your story and love yourself. I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short, they're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. 
And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide away. Captured in-